All right, we are live from Groover Labs on Social Media Day, uh, ICT 2021, and I'm so excited. We're doing a live on location in front of an audience, so thank you all for being here. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to read the whole bio, so I'm glad thanks for <laughs> taking care of that because she's got a long one. We're talking all about community engagement today. Um, obviously community engagement using social media. And who better to talk to about that than the Chief Community Engagement Officer of United Way of the Plains, Angie Prather. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be in front of so many people, to be in person again, and I really appreciate everybody coming out. Oh, you guys are making me nervous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, when I first approached Angie about doing a Ceiling Breaker show, um, or when I was approached to do it, which I appreciate the opportunity, um, I kind of sent her like the, the general questions that we typically talk about getting to know uh, the guests and um, get, asking some personal questions and professional questions. And she goes, well, we should meet for coffee. And so we met, for, met at Leslie's on Monday. And then she was like, I don't want to say anything about myself. <laughs> which I said, well, we might sneak a few in about yourself, but I'm glad we met because I was going in a different direction. So we worked on this together. So I'm really excited about our conversation today. Um, I'm just going to start off with asking you what community building means to you and how you've used social media to facilitate this. Well, first I want to thank everybody in the room because so many of you have mentored me and I've learned so much. Even, even 15 minutes ago, I learned about Discord. So everyone here is constantly teaching each other, and I appreciate that very much. And I also appreciate all the support everyone here provides online. I think that that's what community is. And whether you're building that for the Chamber or the Flag or United Way, it's just all about the trust. Uh, people need to trust you, and then they'll begin to engage with you, and you can build community. So that's kind of what community is yeah. all about to me. It's a people power. Yeah, I love that. So um, the Wichita flag was mentioned, and I think a lot of this is funny. A lot of people don't know that Angie was behind the Wichita flag social media. So whenever you guys are are doing stuff with your your flag shirts, or you have your flags, and you're going on vacation, and you're traveling, and all the things that you did um, with the chamber where you tagged the Wichita flag, that was all. Angie, she's like the mystery person. It's like, who's running this account? <laughs> well, and I would like Courtney Sundahl. Where is she? Yes. Courtney, please stand up. Where is she? Yes. <laughs> Courtney was absolutely my partner in crime. And yes. in fact, what, three or four years ago, you were on this stage on Social mm -hmm. Media Day talking about all the work behind the social media accounts. Courtney and I avoided burnout by trading off uh, and doing that together. So she was huge, a huge part of that. And you know, the passion behind that was fueled by Courtney and many other people in this room, including Ron, who was a wonderful partner. Um, and it takes passion to do that work because uh, I think you know, Courtney spent a lot of time, and I, and I did too, on weekends, holidays, vacations, after hours, because when you're passionate about building community, that's what you do you don't ever stop and you're searching for those hashtags and you're connecting with people you're liking their things you're sharing their things and pretty soon they trust you enough to become an advocate and so thank you for being a fabulous partner <laughs> Um, so you have some stories behind running that uh, platform. So people were asking you about um, 
getting murals or uh, what are some of your some of your fun yeah. fun stories you've had yeah. from your time with that? Well, it was really fun because we just kind of became the conduit between different groups. So uh, when people began the, the artistic community, you know, I give a lot of credit to for taking the flag and doing all kinds of things with it. And um, we became kind of the conduit between the artistic community and the business community. People would call us, they'd see things on the flag account or on the chamber account and say, well, who can paint a mural? We'd say, well, Johnny Freedom, Angie mm -hmm. Evans. I mean, there's a lot of people who can do that. Um, they'd, they'd, see, they'd say, I want something in my boardroom. I want t-shirts for my staff. Who do I go to? So we were, Ron, there's Ron, he, he could provide t-shirts. Uh, there were all kinds of people who were, we could connect them to, and we loved that. We were never about monetizing what we did. We were about connecting people so that they could find ways to show their pride. Yeah, I love it. And one thing we talked about in our discussion earlier this week was um, you said the importance of art and business coming yes. together. That doesn't happen a lot. And that's something that we did with our business. Um, and it was we didn't really think about it too much. But... Um, the first summer we were open, Johnny Freedom walked in and was like, hey, do you want to do an art show? I'm making these flags. And we're just like, oh, okay. So we figured out a way to hang it all up. And um, he was our first art show. And I think we sold, we, he hung it up on a Thursday and we'd already sold everything before Friday. And I was like, now people can't be taking this home. We have to, we have to have a, we have to have a, a show or whatever. So, um, so now we do, it was final Friday. Now we do first Friday almost every month now. And that's something that uh, we want to be able to, to support the artists in the community that way by showing the art. Uh, we've done some um, Avenue Art Days, um, sponsored some murals that way, and uh, we, we have a, a new mural behind our building, um, a young, uh, really young, great art, new artist, and uh, it's just been really fun, and, and obviously um, have, a, have friends that have art studios and who are artists and trying to um, purchase more art. That's a big commitment I made in, during, this, during the shutdown and during the pandemic was to um, not buy as many things, but to buy more local art. So definitely something I never really thought about putting that together with the, with the business side. So very important. Okay, so I know we're all tired of talking about the pandemic, but I think we know that social media was very important. So... How did you stay connected without being able to attend events like this and meet uh, with people, meet in person with people? Um, how did you, you know, use social media during during this time? Yeah, I think for all of us, it kind of became a lifeline to our communities, to the different communities and interests that we had. Um, it kept us informed, and you know, it, people talk about Twitter being for news junkies, and I'm definitely a news junkie. So. It was a great way to keep on top of what was happening, and I think those of, of us who were following Twitter could see it coming across the country and could see what was happening. Um, and, and it was kind of interesting that sometimes it was kind of hard to persuade other people that we might need to be thinking about uh, these things that were encroaching upon us. But yeah, I think the great thing about um, the pandemic, if there was anything great, is that we all became much more digitally savvy. We learned new tools. Uh, we really now appreciate the ability to meet in person. Uh, and I think we're all probably better connected as a result of you know, being able to use things that have extended our reach. So. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what our business would have done without without social media, and I'm sure a lot of you would agree in your in your organizations. Um, right. we, and, and I want to yeah. bring up, it was so much fun to watch <laughs> Hopping Gnome and others 
really transform what they did, and, and Hopping Gnome is amazing. I mean, almost overnight, of course, we were watching our chamber members, that time mm -hmm. I was still with the chamber, to see what they were doing and how they were reacting, and, and some people were a little paralyzed by it, but Stacy jumped in immediately, and I mean, it felt like within hours was talking about doing virtual tap rooms, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we, we can start thinking outside of the box, do things we never would have done before. And the great thing about that, we, Stacy and I talked about this a little bit, is not only does, I mean, you've got a limited, somewhat limited space mm -hmm. in your uh, facility, but with a virtual event, you can reach people from anywhere, and people who are still connected to Wichita but maybe don't live here, maybe somebody in Denver who wants to know what's new at Hopping Gnome mm -hmm. can tune in. So Yeah, it's, we talked about bringing them back. Doing a, we were closed like Sunday evenings and Monday evenings, so we might bring back the virtual tap room. We had a lot of fun. It was a fun opportunity to, mm -hmm. get, mm -hmm. to get some of our staff together, and we would get pizza and beer from other breweries and restaurants and get everything to go and just have a fun, silly conversation. And, yeah, the, the response was, <laughs> it was great. It was better than I thought. We're like, we're just going to throw this out here. Um, and we made the stay at Gnome and wash your hands yes. shirts. Yeah. When the going gets tough, we make t-shirts. So if anybody... <laughs> well, the <laughs> did that too. United Way did a great yeah. job with their t-shirt sales to help uh, those who were really being impacted by the yeah. pandemic. So yeah, there were lots, think, of, lots of ways people were trying different things and it was a great time to experiment. And you, I mean, it was difficult to fail because things were yeah. happening so quickly. So if you were willing to try, you could yes. do some really interesting things. It was definitely one of those where, yeah, people were, it, it was it was the opportunity to be creative. After the paralyzing moments of like, yeah. what are we gonna do? And we're like updating, I remember like updating the website, making sure, just trying to get as much information out. Like we're still open, we're doing to go, we're doing all these things. And I know everyone, especially if they didn't, like you said, if they didn't have a big online presence or they didn't have a big social media presence, they're like, oh, we better like dust this off and, and learn how to use this. And But it was an opportunity to be creative. I know a lot of businesses made really fun masks and just had a lot of fun with it. So right. and we actually we interviewed yeah. Bree to yeah. help small businesses understand the importance of keeping things updated mm -hmm. just like you were doing. I mean sometimes they were so paralyzed or they were just so involved in keeping their business afloat they forgot to do some of the basic things so she really helped yeah. us. Yeah, like update their hours. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Remind them that there were some yeah. things that were very critical because people were living online to see yeah. how to access their products and services. Yes, thank, thank goodness for the online communities during that time. Yeah. Um, definitely. And yes, and everything we did was shared so social media. Just like that's pretty much been our only form of marketing like most small businesses. Um, this whole time has just been social media, so I'm, I don't, the days of the, uh, putting like flyers on people's cars, I don't know, like it would, it would have been a whole new world. I mean, we could have done it, obviously, but it would have been different. So I want to know your advice for, for young marketers. You've been in this industry a long time, done amazing things. So any advice you have, especially for young women going into like the media marketing world? Well, I think um, one of the things that was mentioned before I took the stage was my involvement in so many different uh, groups here in town. And I can't, I just can't emphasize enough how important it is to belong to the Wichita Professional Communicators, PRSA Kansas, WAMA, all of those organizations, Digital Wichita, because it's all about continually learning and that's where you learn and that's where you connect. So my advice would be to get involved in as many of those as your schedule allows and make connections and learn from each other. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned having a CEO who understands social media is also important. <laughs> yes. Well, 
Well, first of all, I need to give a shout out to all the great people from United Way who are here. So, yeah. it, it is amazing to work with such dedicated and passionate people. And it is wonderful to be on a team that really is engaged in social media. And we, get, we are inspired by our leader, uh, Pete Nehera. And we know he has FOMO because he can't be here today. So Kendra brought flat Pete so he could be with us. <laughs> but yes, all kidding aside, when you have a CEO, and, and we all know who they are, Shelly Pritchard and Dr. Sherry Utash, all, all of those people who are so active on social media, they're not only advocating for what they do, they're making everyone else's role much easier because you're more visible, uh, you feel empowered to share, and when you're putting things out on social media and you know it's not going to stand there by itself because one of my coworkers is going to help me out here. That really is a wonderful feeling. And I can't thank my coworkers enough. Courtney always did that for me at the chamber, and I appreciated that very much. And then at United Way to have such a strong group of people who are so passionate about what they do, and they understand that they each have different audiences and different networks, and so they're extending our reach not only to help people understand about the volunteer opportunities and the donation opportunities, but the services that we provide. I mean, that's a constant mm -hmm. message. We're trying to help people understand what we can do to help our neighbors because at some point, somebody out there might be in that situation or they have a dear friend who's in that situation and we want them to know about 211 and we want them to know about the Dolly Parton Imagination Library and so many other great programs that United Way donors fund. So yeah. it's wonderful to be on a team that's very active in social media. Yes, because a lot of times, you know, they just, some, a lot of times leadership just doesn't get it or they don't have time for it or they see right. it as like a extra thing and it really is just a crucial piece of to get the information out, not just with the marketing, but just a tool it's to, to, to utilize, you know, daily. And it's like, oh, I think sometimes it's just like, oh, these people are playing on their phones all day. What do they do all day long? <laughs> They're just taking selfies all day. And it's like, oh, that's not really, that's right. some of it, but that's not, that's not really it. So, right. So we was, have employees yes. and board members and volunteers helping you with your message. Yeah. So much easier. Oh yeah. And they just get it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I have to ask a ceiling breakers question here. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> uh, what qualities uh, does a successful social media marketer need need to have, and do you see these qualities more often in women? Sorry, guys, going to ask a question. <laughs> well, I think that probably everybody in this room is a continual learner. That's what you like about marketing, and that's what you like about social media, because every day is different, um, and just when you get one platform figured out, they're going to tweak it some way and make it a little more challenging for you. But that's fun and it's interesting. And so I think a, a natural curiosity is really important. I think passion for what you do, your causes, your mission, um, that's really critical. Uh, and I think um, empathy is huge to really try to understand your audience. And I do think women have many of those uh, they, characteristics. They come by that a little bit naturally. They, they like building community. They understand the power of people. But I also like to think there are many men who do that too. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleased and proud that I, I raised two young women and a young man who I believe has those same characteristics. And really that's what's incredibly important for every community that you live in, to be empathetic, to be uh, connectors, to trust each other, and to understand the power that you can generate when you work together. Yeah, love it. 
yeah, not to put anybody, you know, that's what we talk about on Ceiling Breakers. But sometimes, yeah, some of those qualities, you know, some of those soft skills, we talk about that. I'm, I'm, I'm a student of leadership, and so that's something we talk a lot about is, you know, a lot of those soft skills women just naturally have sometimes, um, and those can be taught, but the hard skills can also be taught. And so before, a lot of those soft skills that are important in social media and storytelling, right, that right. probably wasn't a big piece of marketing, you know, 30, 40 years right. ago. And right. telling a story is something that um, women just a lot of times come out naturally. But so does everyone else, too. But I think sometimes you see that come more naturally in um, some of those skills that maybe weren't as appreciated as much in the past. The, oh, the, you know, that you needed those hard skills only in the, in the workplace. And I think it's so refreshing that those soft skills are being more appreciated and, and being taught in schools and uh, being taught um, in trainings and workshops. So that's exciting. I think that's really cool. Okay, so I want to know, and we get, this is kind of a question for the audience, too. We can kind of get some, I don't know if we want to get audience engagement or want to have them ask her questions. But I want to know, who do you follow on social media to keep up with current trends? Well, of course, I, I love all of our local media. I think you can, I mean, you've got to follow them to find out um, everything from how, how big was the earthquake last night or, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, what's going on at the wind search. So I love to follow the media, of course. I like to follow our educational institutions. I think many of the, those people um, are really on the cutting edge of social media, and I learn an awful lot from them. I love to follow artists. And um, I would follow Angie Awesome Pants, even if she wasn't a great artist, just because I love that handle. It's the best. <laughs> go follow her on Instagram, because she's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, all the artists. I really like to follow Chris Gulick, and just all mm -hmm. the artists, all the artists, yeah. Yeah, yes. Same, definitely a lot with the artists and the news. I obviously follow a lot of breweries around, I mean, in, in the community and outside, just to kind of see what's, what everybody's got going on and what the what the funny memes are. There's a lot of really funny um, brewing, and sometimes it's like hardcore brewing side, so I don't always get it. But they're I have to ask my husband and be like, "Is this funny?" And he's yeah. like, "Oh, it's hilarious!" You know, so it's like the funny the funny beer memes, and then all there's some great small businesses just doing some really yeah. cool stuff. And I always uh, we love following the Humane Society here. It's just like it's like always always on it with the, with the post. And if you're ever having a bad day, just like. Just look at the Kansas Humane Society and <laughs> check right, that out. But right. yeah, so anybody else have any like, like people we need to be sharing, businesses, individuals, influencers that you want to throw out? Yeah. Logo Depot for all kinds of contests and fun things. Yeah. You should always follow them. Andy has some incredible, t incredible TikToks, so I'd love to follow that. Yeah. Lots of great. They didn't here. know they were going to be asked. That's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to open up to questions. Who has a question for Angie? You covered it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we covered it all. Um, oh, Jordan has a question. Yes. Thanks, Jordan. What's on the horizon? What is mm -hmm. kind of the next area in social media marketing or storytelling that? you want to explore either personally or mm -hmm. behind way. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Kristen, where's Kristen? She needs to raise her hand. This is our awesome woman behind our social media 24-7, <laughs> and uh, she rarely takes a break. She got a well-deserved break a little bit last week, so if you noticed a dip, that's <laughs> I was trying to keep up. <laughs> but she just started our TikTok account, and uh, that's one reason we're pretty excited about the next panel. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we, we thought we should just get into that space and then Pete brought us an article from the Chronicle of Philanthropy about 
some amazing things that nonprofits are doing for fundraising through TikTok and uh, some stories that really inspired us to really sharpen our skills. And so we are putting all our faith in Kristen's abilities. And, and next year, we hope she's up here on the panel talking about all our successes through TikTok. So <laughs> we'll be taking notes, lots sure. of notes. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah. Um, I imagine with United Way you have at least two, probably more audiences, right? You probably have donors, business mm -hmm. folks that you're soliciting donations from, as well as those who are maybe receiving services. How do you handle your content when you're addressing multiple audiences? Right, well, and then there's also just our partners. Uh, so many of the nonprofits that are doing excellent work. So again, kudos to Kristen and Kendra before her who really think about the segmentation of those audiences and build things to appeal to them. Uh, we're, we're really excited that we just launched a blog and so we'd like to be able to use that for bigger storytelling. You know, sometimes you can't tell your story in 140 characters or less. So yeah, we're trying to use those channels and use them appropriately. And, if you have any tips, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Angie. Um, I'm curious, because I've seen all of this awesome work that you've done, and I also kind of know you a little bit personally. Is there something, when you look back and you see all your achievements and people you've worked with, is there something that you're most proud of that sticks out more than others? Mm, I, think, I think what's most rewarding is the relationships and the fact that uh, so many of the people that I have worked for and with, I still have relationships with and I value them very much uh, because in the end, that's what it's all about is relationships. So I think, I think that's probably the key for me is um, not made, not a project or a, a particular company that I worked with because I've had the good fortune of working in for-profit and non-profit and government and transportation and attractions. Um, I moved around a lot. It's like IRS couldn't find me. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, it's just the relationships. I mean, there are so many good people in Wichita, Kansas, and I've really enjoyed the privilege of working with so many of them. Awesome. Yeah. How do you determine if something is worth investing time in? I'm sure you've seen a lot of things yeah. come and go. And so I remember when I was in college, you know, everybody was still saying, social media is a fad, social right. media is a fad. <laughs> right. like, yeah, good luck with that. Um, so I'm interested, how, how do you, I mean, the new platforms are coming out every day, so how do you kind of pick and choose what you invest your time in? Well, I think that is an excellent question, and one that we all probably ask ourselves every day. Am I, should I continue to spend time here? Is this the right match for my audience? So I don't know if there's an, an, a single answer to that, except experimentation and constantly learning. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I uh, learned about when the first time I attended this event, which was, I don't know what, five or six years mm -hmm. ago, the first social media uh, day that Digital Wichita put on, was about the social media marketing world, the, the international conference. And going to that was huge for me and for Courtney. We both went a couple of years uh, as volunteers, and so we got to work alongside some of the people here, and then also just as attendees. And so seeing how, I mean, so many people use platforms in different ways, and even just the international aspect of it. So um, meeting those people and being able to continue to learn from them, you know, establishing those relationships, uh, and, and watching them, really, I mean, I think 
a lot of it is voyeurism. You know, you're watching, watching to see what works, what doesn't work. Okay, I'm going to try that because it looks like it worked. So it's, it's, I think it's really tough to know. And, and it's like anything in marketing. You're trying to get the results that you want. You're trying to reach the audience that you need. And you might just have to keep altering, altering here, altering there, trying something new. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh. You had mentioned working for nonprofit and mm -hmm. for profit entities. What was the biggest difference in your uh, method of technique there? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there's really a huge difference in in any of those. Um, really, the success of all of those uh, different industries and the, and the different companies and organizations in those industries is all based on the leadership. And I think that was one thing I learned is that sometimes a job may look very appealing because of um, you know maybe has a lot of uh, interesting people and events and. Uh, but really, it's about the people that you work with and the leadership. That really helps determine your success and how much you enjoy the role. Because it can look like a fabulous role, but if uh, people aren't engaged and passionate about what they do, it's just uh, not as worthwhile. Andy? You're a very busy lady. Do you have any tips on, it's really hard to, uh, when you're passionate about what you do, to uh, balance personal and your commitment to work that you're so passionate about. What are some tips you might have for maintaining a healthy balance yeah. with things in your life? Oh, wow. I think that's a tough one. I, my advice to you, Andy, is to get some grandkids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the niece and nephew down there. Yeah, you got nieces and nephews. <laughs> They help you put it in perspective. So, <laughs> no, I think that's a constant battle, especially when you really love what you do. Um, but I, when you have coworkers that you can rely on to help you and, and to sometimes remind you, you need to pull back a little bit and, and enjoy yourself and spend time with your family, that's very helpful. But that's another million dollar question and something we struggle with all the time, I think, is. Yeah, we, we, especially as marketers, I can't wait to try that. I can't wait to, you know, I've stayed up until 1 o'clock working on videos and things like that that, you know, it, my husband is like, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> it, you're, you're in the zone, okay, I get it. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's just always continually trying to find that balance. And I think it's more difficult these days, right? I mean, that's something, we, especially with women in leadership, we used to talk about work-life balance and how, you know, that was when you had could, like, you left your computer at work, right? right? And you, like, didn't have your email at your home computer, so that was it, right? But, um, or, you, or you could check it on your phone, but it was, like, a lot more challenging. So I don't, some people, and I, th I still think there's obviously um, a need to have that discussion because balance is important. That's something we talked about is burnout, especially anybody yes. running social media is going to get a lot of burnout because, like you, you were saying, you work holidays, weekends, you're constantly, like you're at something even for fun or you're on vacation even and you're like, well, I need to get a picture of this or somebody, <laughs> my boss asked me to do this while I was here, you know, and so that burnout and so that definitely, definitely space to, to talk about that. But then there's a lot of people that just think like there is no work-life balance anymore. Right. And so how do you make it work? How do you make your, your work and life work together, I guess? And so that's kind of an interesting new way of thinking about it. It's a little... A little scary and overwhelming, but I think there's some new ways, and the younger generation is going to be much better at that, I think, than, than most of us. So, really interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, are we have any more questions? Are we ready to wrap it up? 
I think we're getting really excited for this. I'm not, or I'm not on TikTok at all, you guys, so I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, do I need to do that? So I'm really excited <laughs> to, to make this happen. So, But thank you so much for joining me on this um, crazy live audience interview. Usually it's just like us. Uh, so you really, <laughs> Angie was really nervous, guys, so can we give her a hand? <laughs>